Okay, and welcome back to Fast Ship Performance, and I'm Tim Davies. I've got another blog post out. This blog post is in the 12 months of the Awesome Warrior season, and uh, that we're doing for the entire year. It's month three, it's March, and it talks about Sanctuary. Sanctuary, not just the home of lost fighter pilots, is what it's saying. And this follows on from Positivity January, Lee Turn February. This is Sanctuary March. Uh, we're going about to go into um, Ownership April. I think that has a nice ring to it. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, this essay really is uh, talking about where people go when things go wrong. And of course, what we actually want to have is to, that to be planned so that when things go wrong, um, we don't actually then struggle to find somewhere where we can go and make them right. So the way we do that, or the way that I find I do that and people I know do that, is by preparing ahead of the game. So understanding the fact that if you take a bit of time out from your day every day and you do the things that I advise in this um, this post here, you'll end up much more balanced and complete and able to deal with life's uh, things that it throws at you in a lot better way. In this essay then, uh, we do talk about the four elements that I advise for your sanctuary, which would probably be, you know, mine is early in the morning, for example. Mine is around about half five, six o'clock in the morning for about an hour where it's my own time. There's no one going to phone me up. There's no emails I have to answer. And you can go and find yourself somewhere, a corner of your house, maybe outside in nature if you want. And then you go through the four letters of sanctuary of, of the word, which for me is spirituality. That's the S. A is activity. N is nutrition. And then C is commitment. Each one of those things I'll describe at the very end of this essay here. And it's probably best that I um, just go straight ahead and read it. But be advised that 12 Months of the Awesome Warrior is running on Facebook. I know it's a Facebook group. Maybe halfway through the year, I'll try and transfer it into my own website. But if I do that, I know you probably won't go there. So that's why it's running on Facebook at the moment. I know people don't like Facebook, which is why if you go to my website, fastshipperformance.com, go to the subscribe to the FJP list. Um, it's under the blog. One, any blog post will have that on the top right-hand corner. You put your email in there. Uh, I do respect your email addresses. I don't, I don't sell any of this stuff. I don't even know how I would sell. There's no advertising on my website at all, okay? It's all done on my own cost, which is obviously a huge mistake, and it is quite costly, but um, it saves you having to read through a whole world of advertising. So I'm not going to sell your email address. I'm just going to send you these essays over email so that you get them because you're not on Facebook. All righty, let's go through this then. So uh, this, the, I always write about stuff that actually happens to me. So um, these stories are ones that happen. This is obviously me trying to kill a student again. That's normally how it works. Or students trying to kill me, more likely. Right, so sanctuary, not just a home of lost fighter pilots. It was a blinding flash of sunlight that forced my eyes to squint into the distance and my heart rate to soar. But it was no good. I'd lost her. The dim outline of a fighter jet that I'd been pointing at head on just a couple of seconds ago was now gone. It's the biggest fear of any pilot. Losing sight of the aircraft you're about to fight. You can't fight what you can't see. The temptation was to frantically search the sky in the hope she'd reappear, but I knew it was futile. Ninja 2, confirmed tally, I called, checking that my student could see me. Negative, came the reply. I checked my instruments. 0.76 mark. I knew she'd be the same, and that meant a closing speed of over 1,000 miles per hour. 15 miles per minute. One mile every four seconds. We'd only been five miles apart and we turned to face each other, so quick maths told me that I only had two and a half, maybe three seconds before we collide. And in the world of military flying training, an instructor killing a student is generally considered to be a bad thing. I started to climb. Ninja One is also no joy, levelling 15,000 feet. Sanctuary, go, 
I called. And as I steadied my jet and dipped a wing, I saw my student flash past me in a hard right-hand turn. I'd failed to keep sight of her and had done something about it. Roll out north, I called. There's a low sun today, Beth, and visibility is poor. I think we'll try that again. Sanctuary. Sanctuary is the home of the lost fighter pilot, a place to go when things go wrong. When we practice air combat, each aircraft is allocated an individual sanctuary height, which the pilot commits to memory. Then, should anyone lose sight of another aircraft whilst engaged in very close, high-energy manoeuvring, they have somewhere to go where no other aircraft should be. As a fast jet tactical weapons instructor, I've trained a lot of young men and women in the nuanced art of aerial jousting, and air combat doesn't come naturally to anyone. It takes time to be able to recognise rapidly changing pitches, manage the aircraft's energy, and understand your opponent's mindset. But there are two things that separate the top fighter pilots from the rest. They know themselves, and they know when to leave the fight. Knowing your opponent is essential if you want to win at air combat, but knowing yourself and your own limits will go so much further in saving your life. Knowing when to leave the fight. When I was a pilot on the Tornado GR4, a heavy bomber that was most at home flying fast through the deep Scottish valleys, I knew that being engaged in air combat was a place that I really best avoid. I knew my aircraft, its strengths and its weaknesses. It was quick and tough. Birds and occasionally the odd missile would happily bounce off its tough exterior, but it wasn't agile. More to the point, I was an all-weather, night-attack, low-level bomber pilot trained to fly at the height of telegraph poles and hit targets deep into enemy territory. A few years ago, I was involved in an exercise in Northern Europe, where the enemy were being played by F-16s from several different nations. The war would often start up high where the airliners flew, to keep us above the height of ground-based missile threats. But it wasn't a great place for my heavy tornado, especially when loaded with fuel and bombs. Because of this, we'd bravely step around in the incoming hostile aircraft and hide behind our own fighter escort as we made our way to our target. Sometimes we'd reach it. Sometimes we'd bravely run away. Occasionally, our mission controllers would tell us that the picture was clear, meaning that all the bad guys were probably dead and the airspace was ours. At this point, we put on some light jazz, pop the champagne corks, and enjoy a clear run to the target, grateful to survive another day. But mission controllers can make mistakes, and this would often only become clear when my windscreen was filled with a hostile F-16 pointing right at me. Whoa, where'd he come from? Would be the cry from the back seat. There's only one way to react to such an ambush. Throw the variable geometry wings back to full sweep, punch the throttles into the reheat range, roll inverted and pull hard for the dark earth below. As we pass the enemy fighter, we would be nearing the speed of sound and ascending at a phenomenal rate back into the low-level environment, our own sanctuary. 10,000, 8, 6, 4, that's 2,000 feet, Tim, we'll call my weapons officer. I'd acknowledge him and as I'd level the jet behind some hills, I would dip the wing to look out back for our new playmate. He is way behind us. I expect he thought we were going to stay and fight well for my nav. No way we're playing with an F-16, I'd say. I'm not a fighter pilot. Knowing yourself. Many people know their boss, their husband, their kids, their parents, or their business. But most people don't know themselves. When I got hit by a depressive episode whilst a senior instructor on the largest fast jet squadron in the Royal Air Force, I thought I knew myself. I knew I could put in 12-hour days continuously and never need a holiday. I knew I could fly three high-energy sorties a day whilst fighting email fires to satisfy a boss who was aligning himself for promotion. 
I knew I could shut out the stress with a few beers every evening, eat poorly, get minimal sleep, and still perform at the highest level the next day. But the truth was, I knew nothing about who I was and what that even meant. I didn't know what I wanted out of life because I didn't have any time to think. Here's a quote. You don't have time to think up there. If you think, you're dead. That's Maverick, of course, from Top Gun. I'd forgotten the lessons I'd learned on my frontline jet. Knowing yourself will keep you alive. But I was lucky. Another officer on the squadron came to see me and he said that he'd also been finding life pretty tough. He said we were too busy to keep ourselves safe and that he'd taken himself off to see a military psychologist. And that had helped. Although he never said it, he was nudging me to do the same. It was to be the break I needed. Since that time, I've been asking myself, who am I really? Who do I want to be? Self-reflection is the willingness of individuals to learn more about their purpose and values through the examination of their conscious thoughts and feelings. When kids are young, they don't know to pretend to be someone else. It just doesn't occur to them that they might need to moderate their behavior. They're just kids zooming about having a great time. Then as they grow, we tell them to stop running around, to be quiet and to sit still. And after a while, they do. And they spend the next 70 years or so conforming to society trying to be similar to other people so that they are liked and accepted. Eventually, if they are lucky, they reach an age where they no longer care. They realise that they are nearing the great pearly gates and just say whatever they feel like. They finally relearn to be comfortable with themselves. It's understandable and important. It's evolution. When we were cavemen, back when dinosaurs were trying to kill us, that's analogous, by the way, the dinosaurs were dead, just go with it, we'd have to belong to a group in order to survive. If for some reason we were thrown out of the group, we'd die, hunted down by saber-toothed tigers or a pterodactyl that's forgotten to be extinct. We couldn't survive alone. And because of this evolutionary fear of being alone, we craft inauthentic, fake personalities, which are just the parts of us that we put forward to the world to keep us safe. We don't want to expose our vulnerable bits just in case our friends don't like us and we end up all alone. We are fascinated by our own life expectancy, but rarely do we ask what do we expect from our life. We lie to ourselves and others because we feel that we can't tell people what we are really thinking. Because if we do, then they're going to reject us. How can I continue to be accepted? What stories must I continue to tell? Just as a fighter pilot will lose a combat engagement if they don't understand their own strengths and weaknesses, so too our own vulnerability comes from not knowing who we are. But we don't know this, and we happily go along with a facade of fakery, hoping that people will think that we are like them and we can belong in their group. The need for approval is so debilitating, it holds us back from getting what we really want out of life. It forces us to live our lives by someone else's agenda, by constantly acting as if we are being watched. This means that we are just copies of what we have seen being successful elsewhere. We're not genuine, we're not real. We don't reflect our core values and this is because we're living an inauthentic life and are not even sure what our core values are. But we can change all of this if we find our sanctuary to embrace living an honest existence where we don't have to lie to ourselves anymore. Here's a quote. During times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. That's George Orwell. Authenticity. Authenticity is when what you feel on the inside is what you present on the outside. Authenticity is admitting your vulnerabilities, being and accepting yourself, flaws and all, and being comfortable with not being perfect. 
Quick quote here. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You shall begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. And that's pretty true. That's Ralph Waldo Emerson. So every day I now try and find time that is mine alone. The early morning is a good time for this. Nobody will email you at 5.30am. It allows me to be on my own in my sanctuary where I can concentrate on four things that also make up the first four letters of the word itself. That is sanctuary. The S then is for spirituality. Yeah, stay with me. 10 or 20 minutes of meditation can order your mind, allowing it to be ready to absorb the day ahead. Writing a short entry in a gratitude diary also helps to understand how fortunate we really are to be living the way we do. The A is for activity. Getting out in nature for a walk or light run reconnects us to the world in which we will probably see little of from our office desks. Our stress levels reduce in nature, and that's a fact, but they do increase when we're surrounded by the city landscape. We're designed to be outdoors. It relaxes our minds, and I use this time to think about who I want to be, about doing the right thing in any issues I might have, and how I could live a more honest and content life. The end then is for nutrition. So I try and start the day with something really healthy, maybe a green smoothie, freshly squeezed lemon or anything else I can find that is like super nutritious. This wasn't always the case for me and for a lot of people, but don't worry, you'll soon see this as a critical part of your day. If you start your morning, if I start my morning that way, I'm more likely to continue making healthy food choices throughout the day. And the last one then is commitment. And this is where I commit to things that I must, should, or might do in that day. I plan them out. It takes us 10 minutes. It means I'm much more likely to do these things than if I just hope to remember them. So make a plan and act on it. You'll be amazed at how this creates structure to your day. My whole sanctuary takes just an hour or so, but makes an incredible difference to my day. I plan what I do in the sanctuary hour the night before, Laying out any food or gym kit I might need, and it just takes me about 10 minutes. When I was flying fighter jets, I wish I knew that it was okay to plan white space or alone time, to have somewhere to go away from the noise of work, to understand that it was all right to have a sanctuary where I could recuperate and recharge. Your sanctuary is a place where you can go to be undisturbed by other people's perception of you, where you don't have to hide and you don't have to pretend. It's where you go to meditate, read, exercise, learn, grow, develop, and start your day on your terms and at your own pace. Just as a pilot's sanctuary is somewhere they can go to be safe, learn from what has happened, and apply it to what will happen next, your sanctuary is where you go to do the same. To focus on embracing authenticity, creating structure to your life, and to be honest with the only person that will ever truly matter, and that is you. Let's end with a quote then. The great majority of people are wandering generalities rather than meaningful specifics. And that's from Zig Ziglar. Okay, and that's it. Now, I quite like that post. Oh, here's the thing as well. When you transfer your website from one website to another, you lose all your likes on your post and you lose all your comments. And, you know, I've had to kind of embrace that really. I mean, some of these essays I wrote, got like 5,000 likes. I mean, that's amazing to me. That's people actually hitting that like button 5,000 times. I think the one before this, um, the the February post about lead turning and everything else. In fact, I might just see if I can just jump back to that post now and have a look, see what it's doing. On LinkedIn, it was read by 100,000 people. Now, if you get a book read, read by about 100,000 people, I mean, you know, you're making the number one slot. Uh, that was why fighter pilots know that quick reactions are for losers. 
I kind of resonate with a lot of people. I think the Sanctuary one will as well. And the ownership one I'm writing at the moment, I think you'll probably get a lot from that. I think the ownership is, um, a sanctuary space is so important. You, you don't realize it until you do it, just to give yourself that start to the day. It's pretty important to do it in the morning as well, because then when you're struggling through work at like two o'clock and you're like, this is rubbish, you know you've done your exercise, right? You know you've done your reading, your learning, everything else. You've, you've started the day off something nutritious in your body and you've planned your day. That's why I prefer doing that at the beginning rather than the end of the day. Um, but when it comes down to ownership, and understanding what failure is and how we can embrace that failure, which is the next post that I'm writing now, I think people will get a lot out of that as well. It's something I've tried really hard to do is to understand my role in the events in my life that cause me issues. And it can be hard. I mean, it can be so hard because it's very easy to blame and concentrate on the negativity as we found out in Positively January. It's much easier for us to be negative because of the saber-toothed tigers and stuff that we're trying to hide from. So we focus on the bad points in life and not the good ones. So... We want to hate other people for doing bad things to us, and we tend to not recognize our own role in that. So that's why that's why April, early in the year, we're talking about ownership. We're talking about responsibility. We're talking about understanding ourselves again uh, and understanding what role we have in our own successes and our own failure and being proud of those, being proud of our failures because it's how we succeed. Really trying to understand uh, what we are and who we are. Self-reflection, self-actualization, all that kind of stuff. Right, let's not do that now. Let's do that in April. We are in April and I haven't written it yet. Let me write some stuff. All right. Well, thanks for listening very much. Um, I would, uh, what, what what do I need you guys to do, if anything? Um, I appreciate your support. Um, I do a lot of speaking. Well, actually, I don't do a lot of speaking, but I do go and do some speaking. So if you've got a business, you want me to come up and do either a day. Um, I'm a crew resource management trainer now, which means I can train the trainers, which I had to just go in uh, in Civi Speak. I was already doing that in the military, but in Civi Speak, I've got that stamp now. So if you want me to come to your businesses and talk about all sorts of things I talk about on here, um, run facilitation classes, that kind of stuff, I can do that. I can do it now. Um, and that would be great. And uh, I am incredibly expensive. I'm not expensive. I'm not expensive at all. Uh, if you want me to come and speak at uh, an event you're holding, I can do that as well about anything um, anything I've written or, or anything like that. So I really enjoy doing that. And uh, I, I love the feedback I get from doing it as well from people that write to me. So, and if you do want to write to me, by all means write to me. I, I answer everything as you know, because I'm good like that. I think it's like helping people and feeding back out of, uh, to the taxpayer from the uh, career I've had over 20 years in the military. All right, I'm going to let you go there, guys and girls. Uh, thanks so much. Tim Davies, Fast Jet Performance.